thousands of people have mysteriously vanished in America's wilderness. Join us as we dive into the deep end of the unexplainable and try to piece together what happened. You are listening to Locations Unknown. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locations Unknown. I'm your co-host, Joe Irado, and with me, as always, is the guy who invented Elf on the Shelf and Snoop on a Stoop, Mike <laughs> Vandebogart. Oh, thank you, Joe, and thank you once again to all of our amazing listeners for tuning in. Joe and I sound a lot better or feel better from last episode. Uh, just a couple of quick announcements here before we get going. Um, as always, if you want to call the show and leave a voicemail... You can call 208-391-6913. We'd also like to give uh, some new Patreon shoutouts to Pamela G, Shelly Hall, Tara York, and Cindy Kramer. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And finally, Joe, this is our fifth, end of our fifth year doing the show, which is crazy. It doesn't feel like five years. <laughs> it doesn't feel like five years. Um, but, and it's the end of 2023, and 2023 was the one of the best years for the show yet and just want to give everyone listening a little uh, inside baseball so you can understand how much we thank you for tuning in every episode so oh yeah give them all the numbers <laughs> so this year uh, we had over 660,000 downloads up 94% from Boom. the previous year uh, we're at almost 23,000 subscribers um 71% of our listeners discovered us in 2023 which is pretty cool um, so if you're an OG listener, <laughs> yes, you should feel real special because you knew about us before we were big. You're the hipster listeners. Yeah. Uh, we were streamed in over 68 countries. Uh, we have over 1,000 ratings and uh, at an average of 4.5, which is about the industry average for true crime. Boom. Uh, so what we're else? Just, we're just average in ratings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's even some of the most popular shows are... 4.5, 4.6. It's just... You said that like we're not one of the most popular shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're getting there. Um, so uh, kind of some cool stats from Spotify. We were the top 10 podcast for over 5,586 listeners. And we were the top five podcast for over 3,134 listeners. That's so, actually really cool. That's kind of cool. I mean, I, I'm happy about all the stats for sure. Yeah. Uh, but top 10 for over 500 and f- or 5,586 listeners and top five for three. There's 3,134 people, <laughs> uh, all of which will probably hear this now. Yeah. <laughs> that we're in the top five for podcasts. So thank you thank so you. much. Thanks to everybody. But wow, that's that's really, I would have never thought that like five years ago going into this, that, yeah. that many people would have us in their top 10. No, and we actually, this was a big, uh, around the Halloween time, we actually cracked um, the Apple top 100 for true crime. And we also made it into their front page, uh, What Lurks in the Woods recommendation. So that was pretty cool. Yes. Um, Which came with a slew of negative reviews. Yeah, a lot of new <laughs> we people We got so us. many new listeners <laughs> and so many pretentious new listeners that are no longer listeners. Yeah, so, and then finally, this was the year we moved into the studio. 
So yes. we moved in in April. We're still here. Haven't been kicked out. Uh, <laughs> so well, and we're gonna this this is kind of outside the podcast, but me and Mike have been coming up with different ways to make this our full time job. Uh, we're gonna be hopefully introducing some new shows to our repertoire of yes. uh, a streaming company. Have a couple ideas. So, well, yeah, uh, stay so tuned. It, yeah, stay tuned. There's gonna be some. There's gonna be some fun ones. Yeah, uh, ones that are just purely for enjoyment. Uh, informational ones. We got a couple people we're talking to right now. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, so I, I just wanted to give some of the stats for the show for everyone that, you know, follows us and listens to us every episode. And just we cannot say enough how much we appreciate you listening. And 2023 was our best year and we're we are ready for 2024 and uh, what that brings us. And we're super excited for it. So, yeah, we need we could use some more interns because we can't <laughs> afford to pay people now. But uh <laughs> Uh, if you're listening and you're talented, you love our show, you understand our format, you know how to write, um, you you could be our next intern. Yeah. Uh, reach out to us and uh, we can, you can help us put out more and more content. And uh, yeah, so I won't uh, you know blather on any longer. So um, any more updates from you, Joe? Nope. All right, everybody. Let's gear up and get out to explore locations unknown. October 19th, 2020, an experienced hiker planning a day hike at the Prairie Creek Trailhead in Sawtooth National Forest signed the trail log with her name and a note to the lake and back. When the hotel she was staying at noted she didn't return after several days, the search began. Join us this week as we investigate the disappearance of Fern Baird. And for everyone listening, we're coming back to the mainland for this episode. Uh, yes. We uh, really enjoyed last uh, the last episode, but Joe and I are both sick, and there was a lot of tough words uh, <laughs> to say. And Yeah, native Hawaiian is not my uh, forte when it comes to boy, speaking. Boy, did we hear it. <laughs> From like three people. No, there was more more oh, than okay. that. But I mean, we Joe and I have thick skin, but it was kind of funny. I knew writing the episode that this was going to be a... A f- uh, you know contentious one based on pronunciation. Oh, Mike! Mike walked into the studio that day and said, "Oh, ho, 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 I got a hard one for you." I was like, "Oh man!" He's like, so, "It's all Hawaiian." I was like, "Well, this we're, we even said we're going to get a lot of hate for this episode." But we're back in Idaho where we can pronounce the names. So. Well, you, know, you say that, and yeah. now I'm going to screw them up, and then some Idahoans. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I know that's not what they're called, but I'm going to call them I, Idahoans. I think it is. It might be. Yeah, um, I'm going to get in trouble for that now too. Yeah, but uh, no, it's uh. It's fun. I like doing the hard ones. And then uh, I, I've gotten to the point now, even someone commented, I know this is your shtick, but I still can't handle it. One star. It's not a shtick. I mean. Well, it kind of is now. Because if if I really put in a ton of extra time, I am I bet we could phonetically write it out and get it more right, I'm sure. But this isn't our full-time job. So we, we try and get episodes out quick. And we're focused more on the research than necessarily the pronunciation. So, so anyway, oh. we are going 
Two, Sawtooth National Forest. That is a 2.1 million acre national forest that's slightly smaller than Yellowstone National Park. Uh, and it the sublocation where this story takes place is the Prairie Creek Trail area or the trailhead that we mentioned in the beginning. Yeah, so this area, the trailhead has multiple trails that branch off from it. And as we get into it, you'll note, we'll note that they don't really know exactly where she went. Yeah, you know she was it's at the based trailhead. off of that trailhead because she signed that trailhead. So yep. this is in the state of Idaho. Uh, the National Forest was established on May 29th in 1905. So this National Forest sees about 600,000 visitors per year as of 2021. And we're going to talk a little bit about the history of Sawtooth National Forest. So this is not complete, uh, just some highlights and historical events. So the first people to use the lands that are that are now the Sawtooth National Forest occupy this area between 8,000 and 7,000 BC. More recently, this is after 1700 AD, the Shoshone or sheep eater people lived in small bands on the northern end of the forest, harvesting roots and tubers, fish and game, and timber and rocks for tools. Trappers and explorers arrived in southern Idaho by the early 19th century, and by 1849, immigrant trails were established through the southern end of the forest. Mining in Idaho started in the early 1860s and peaked in the 1880s, occasionally rebounding over the next 100 years. Cattle and sheep grazing was the primary large-scale land use on the forest for much of the 20th century. Logging activities focused on timber and firewoods for homesteaders and miners. Uh, the Minidoka and Sawtooth National Forests were established in 1905 by President Teddy Roosevelt. One of our favorite presidents. One of my favorite presidents. <laughs> and merged in 1953 as the Sawtooth National Forest. Some interesting facts about Idaho. If you can imagine, there are interesting facts about <laughs> hey, Idaho. Hey, now, Idaho is a really cool state. I know. I'm saying that as a Wisconsinite, <laughs> so we're all Midwestern here. Yeah. Uh, Idaho is a made-up word. <laughs> The name Idaho was created by George Willing in 1800s. I always thought it was going to be like George Ida and then Ho. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> George Willing in the 1800s who claimed the word was a Native American Shoshone term for gem of the mountains, which is false. <laughs> He's just a grifter from the 1800s. Hey, you got a state named after it. So <laughs> the, the irony is he made it up. They figured it out, and they're like, ah, it's too late. <laughs> they liked it. Yeah, they already submitted the paperwork. Uh, 63% of Idaho is public land. Uh, the first Alpine chairlift was located in Sun Valley, Idaho. I didn't know that. I didn't either. Uh, the deepest river gorge in North America is Hell's Canyon in Idaho, which is 7,900 feet deep. And we did a case, Todd Hofflander. Todd Hofflander, yes. Went missing in Hell's Canyon. So this is the second Idaho case. Uh, no, this is the fourth. Fourth? I, yes. Uh, you you look that up. I'll keep going. <laughs> okay. Idaho is home to the highest navigable river in the world. The St. Joe. Case. Third case. All right. The St. Joe River flows for 140 miles through northern Idaho with a mouth elevation of 2,129 feet. Idaho has two ancient giant cedar groves. Located near Priest Lake, the Roosevelt Grove of Ancient Cedars in Idaho is one of the most enchanting old-growth forests uh, at 2,000 years old. The second ancient giant cedar grove in Idaho is a 240-acre hobo cedar grove, which is located in St. Joe National Forest. Idaho has the tallest single sand dune in North America at Bruno, Bruno Dunes. 
at a whopping 470 feet. The Bruno Dune State Park has the tallest single structure sand dune that attracts all kinds of outdoor adventurers. Here, you can explore the dunes on your own, rent a sandboard from the visitor center, fish at the lakes at the foot of the dunes, or go horseback riding. I think it'd be really cool to go sandboarding. Yes, I, <laughs> I've seen that, and that looks awesome. Yeah. I wonder uh, if it's more or less painful when you fall. I bet more. It's probably like falling on sandpaper. See, I, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I've I, never, I could, sand, or never sandboarded. <laughs> it sounds like it would be painful. Yeah, it does, but then like, Though, you know, snowboarding when you fall is pretty painful, too. Yeah, because the snow is typically packed. Yeah. So, like, I've hit my head snowboarding, and it felt like I was hitting rocks, where I feel like sand, it would, like, maybe scrape more. Well, it depends it where you be... ski and snowboard. I Out in Colorado, when you ski, it Well, if it's fall, in powder. It, yeah, it's... Yeah, I've, like only, I've only on snowboarded pillows. in Wisconsin, where it's just <laughs> yeah. ice. Uh, Idaho grows up to 27 billion potatoes every year. And Napoleon Dynamite was filmed in Idaho, which makes it the best state in the nation. (laughs) I have not seen that movie in a long time. I I almost thought you were going to say you haven't seen that movie. No, I've seen it. I was going to punch you in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen Blades of Glory? Uh, Probably. With Will Ferrell? Now that I know you're punching people in the face. (laughs) This one's not. Yes, I've seen it. (laughs) (laughs) So it's... It's, uh, I forget his real name, Napoleon Dynamite and Will Ferrell are yeah. figure skaters and oh, they end up yeah, being I've doubles seen, for the Olympics. I think I've seen, I saw that when it came out. Oh, that's, well, everyone watch that movie right now. Stop listening, pause it, <laughs> go watch it, and then, Blades and then of play Glory. it again. Yeah, Blades of Glory is a, is a hilarious film. All right, let's talk about the climate in the area. So much of Sawtooth National Forest receives less than 15 inches of precipitation a year, with higher elevations typically receiving more precipitation. Summer and early fall are usually drier than the winter in most of the forest, while the lowlands of the Minidonka district near Oakley, uh, such as near Oakley the spring, may be the wettest season. Winter snowfall provides a steady water supply to the streams during the summer. Locally, climate may depend on the mountains that block moist air and river valleys that can funnel weather systems. Dry lightning, which is a thunderstorm where the rain evaporates before it hits the ground, is common in summer and fall. The growing season ranges from 150 days to in the lower valley to less than 30 days in the highest alpine areas. So some of the terrain, uh, the elevation in the forest ranges from 4,514 feet at Rock Creek south of Twin Falls to 12,009 feet above sea level at the top of Hinman Peak, an elevation gain of 7,495 feet. The mountains of the Minidoka district are part of the Basin and Range province, while those in the northern section of the forest are part of the Rocky Mountains. The Sawtooth Mountains have at least 50 peaks over 10,000 feet. That I didn't know. I didn't either. You know, I, and to be fair, I haven't really looked at Idaho on the map yeah. to even know that it was a mountainous area. I just assumed it was flat. <laughs> now you know. Now I know. That's why I love this stuff. Uh, There are over 1,100 lakes covering 7,600 acres and an estimated of 7,500 miles of temporary and permanent streams and rivers in the forest. Over 680 miles of streams are found in the Fairfield District, over 500 miles in the Ketchum District, and 450 miles in the Minidoka District. The Sawtooth Fault is a 40-mile-long East Dipping Normal Fault that runs along the base of Sawtooth Mountains and was discovered and mapped in 2010. It is believed to be capable of producing an earthquake measuring up to 7.5 on the Richter magnitude scale. 
Sawtooth National Forest has a history of alpine glaciation that is most obvious in the Sawtooth Mountains. And while no surface glaciers exist today, perennial snowfields and rock glaciers remain usually on the north or east-facing slopes. So some of the types of dangers that you can expect there are bighorn sheep, black bear, bobcat, uh, Canadian lynx, cougars, coyotes, elk, gray wolf, Grizzly bears are locally extinct, but plans to reintroduce them have circulated since the 90s. So they're not there, but they could be reintroduced at any time. Oh, and uh, let me fix this. Uh, the, yeah. the rubber boa. Yeah, not the moose rubber boa. <laughs> not the moose rubber boa. There's moose <laughs> and the rubber boa. Uh, rubber boa, I'm assuming, is a snake. Yeah. Like oh, a and boa the, constrictor. Um, the gray wolves were uh, reintroduced uh, to the area in the 1990s. So they had gone right. extinct as well. Well, all right. I love wolves. They're beautiful animals. They are. So difficulty in general. So the trailhead that we're talking about in the south is the Prairie Creek Trailhead. Uh, it's a ten mile loop. Uh, the uh, pra- it's the it, it's they call it the Prairie Prairie Lake Minor Lake. It's like a loop, and you can do it in and out, or you can do it as a loop. Yeah, the Minor Lake and Prairie Lake Trail. It's uh, ten point three miles, uh, one thousand eight hundred forty three feet of elevation gain. Um, so not it, it, it takes an average of four, uh, almost five hours to complete. So it's not a super easy one, um, but it's it's doable in a day. Yeah. If, you, if, you're plan, if you know what you're doing, you're planning it right. So you reach it by driving north of Ketchum. It's on the west side of the state, Highway 75. Uh, the trail is popular amongst cross-country skiers in the winter, runs along Prairie Creek, uh, crosses small waterfalls as it gains elevation. So it's very beautiful. Yep. Uh, Prairie Lakes and Minor Lakes trails are accessible from Prairie Creek Trailhead. And the area of Prairie Creek is an interesting one. First, there are a few different trails that one can take, and hikers have had a lot to say about some of them. In late 2019, one of the trails experienced a rock slide, making it virtually impassable. Hikers trying to hike to the lake uh, that way found themselves having to turn back and find another way. Others have said that the trail is very poorly marked, and there are many times when hikers aren't even sure if they're still on the trail. So the 10-mile hike is listed as moderately challenging. Um, if you don't know what you're doing and you get caught on one of those trails, you could potentially get lost. So, Mike, how about you tell us about Fern? Yeah, so uh, the subject of today's case is Fern Baird. She went missing on October 19th of 2020. Uh, remains have not been found. She was a female-aged uh, age was 63. Her height was five foot five. Weight was 115 pounds. She had brown hair, brown eyes. Uh, the clothing and gear she was last seen in, she was uh, last seen in a light gray jacket, dark colored pants, gray gloves, a dark colored mask, and a dark colored fanny pack. Um, from all accounts, she was well prepared for this hike. She, uh, you know, from family and friends, and based on, there was some CCTV footage of her kind of before the hike. And um, it was the conclusion from law enforcement family based on prior hiking and what they saw her and that she she seemed like she wasn't like going out there in flip-flops and, you know. She knew what she was doing. Yeah. So her occupation, she was a principal broker at Powder Beach Realty serving the park city and surrounding areas. Um, she specialized in residential sales and vacation rentals, uh, according to her LinkedIn profile. She was also the founder of a company called Yopa bag, a yoga backpack company in park city. 
and she previously held various positions at uh, Snowbird Ski Resort and Park City Mountain Resort. And she also, for a very long time, worked as a ski instructor at Deer Valley Resort. Um, from all accounts, her businesses were doing well, and overall things were, life was good for her. So there was nothing in her life based on reports to indicate, you know, you know, one of the theories we always talk about is, you know, something did she want to be gone or yeah so from the outside everything looked like it was going great for her um according to her family she was a very experienced hiker who was known to stick to mark trails and was very unlikely to take any technical risks or shortcuts so she did not have a track record or a history of being reckless in the in the wild um she wouldn't be one to you know, to cut corners. One of the things I always hate is when people like uh, cut switchbacks. Yeah, um, it's not good for the trails. Either. It's not good for the trails or the Leave. habitat. No. And trays. And it can be dangerous. Um, yeah. So she isn't one to do something like that. Um, so in this trail, although you could lose the markings, if you look at it, I mean, it's in the valley of two mountains. Like, you're not going too far off either direction. Yeah. I can see where maybe you get up here, you start getting lost. But again, look at you're in a bowl, kind yeah. of. Like there's so many things to mark. Now we'll get in the timeline, but that assumes that's the trail she took. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. So if you go back Sorry. to the trailhead, I don't know if this will show it. You can see that it doesn't show it, but there are other trails that she could have taken. So like that is the Prairie Creek Trail loop that okay. you're looking at. That yeah. So okay. Yeah, we'll get into Sorry. that. No, it's okay. What was the name of her business? I'll look it up while you're talking. Uh, Yopa Bag. All right. I won't share the screen while I'm looking, so no, okay. look at that. But you keep going. So we will jump right into the timeline uh, of this case. The events leading up to her disappearance are pretty thin. I did a lot of digging around, and I could not find a lot of information. But um, October 2020, she was visiting Ketchum, Idaho, from Park City, Utah. So she lived in... Park City. Um, oh, this is this her website? Uh, I don't know if it's her website. Here, I'm going to pull it back up here. But okay. that's really cool. Hiking. I, I could use that for scuba gear, too. <laughs> like, seriously, how it's like with the mesh front for the... That's a really cool bag. Yeah. Well, see if you can... They're all sold out on this website. Yeah. What's the About Us? This is frequency wiser. Oh. I wonder if they're like uh, they do tons of different stuff. So I'll keep searching because uh, we'll see what's what's going on. You keep going. Uh, yeah. So like I said, she was visiting Ketchum, Idaho, from Park City, Utah, where she lived. The reason for her visit is not known, but it's believed that she simply wanted uh, you know a couple days of enjoyment out in the outdoors. But we uh, we don't know why she was there. I believe her son lived in California, so. Um, we really don't know, but it all starts on Monday morning, October 19th of 2020. Uh, Fern went down to her uh, the front desk at her hotel and started asking the staff about some hiking recommendations, and the Prairie Creek Trail area was suggested to her. And I just want to make a note about um, the research I did. So... It seems like every episode we I have some of these kind of asterisks. So many of the news sources that I was researching couldn't seem to agree on the possible trail that Fern may have taken, and 
they also couldn't, uh, they were getting the names of the trails wrong. So, um, like the Idaho mountain express, I believe got it right. The Prairie lakes trail called it a 10 mile loop. Um, but many other sources called it the Prairie Creek trail, which is incorrect. Um, but had the correct difference or distance. And, uh, some sources even referenced the Prairie Creek loop, which is a different trail near here, but not the trail that I believe she would have taken since she said to the lake and back that phrase in the, the logbook leads me to believe she was going to one of those lakes. Um, so, and, uh, a lot one of the news sources actually said, and law enforcement, I think was the originator of this statement, but the Baird most likely took the Prairie Lakes trail, a lightly trafficked, moderately rated 10 mile loop on the West side of state highway 75. Though, like we said, it's really unknown where she went after signing the logbook since there's several different trails she could have taken and they found absolutely nothing to indicate which way she went. So got to leave your itinerary. Yes. With somebody that's, this is why this is important. This is a quick day hike potentially. And there's confusion just on where she even started. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of the problem is because it's a national forest. There's not really a, you know, like most national parks, there's going to be ranger stations that you could check into Yeah, and, you know, leave your itinerary. Um, we actually had a caller. It might've been a caller or an email taught, you know, they actually sent in their itinerary <laughs> to us and said, if I get lost, you, you know where I was. There was a, there was a joke caller that told us she was going to the grocery store. Yeah. We've had that too. So maybe, yes. maybe we'll start a service where you can, uh, a free public service where you can leave your itinerary with us and then if something happens we'll know where you were that'd be cool so oh we've we already said that too just email it to us yeah and then if all of a sudden your name pops up somewhere we'll be like oh maybe actually we maybe we we'll it. put out an app a leave no trace app where you can report your position yeah and then we so, get, yeah that could, we're giving be, away all our ideas now well that would be an easy one to make we'll just have like <laughs> yeah. a gpt make that website for us <laughs> yeah. it's such an easy one uh so okay back to the timeline we're getting off topic here um so October 19th, 2020, still Monday. It's now 1.17 p.m. So this is the last time um, Fern, I guess you could call the sighting, she signed the logbook at the Prairie Creek Trailhead at 1.17 p.m. and wrote next to her name to the lake and back. So uh, in temps this day were pretty warm. It was 63 degrees Fahrenheit, and it remained above freezing that first night. So um if you have the correct gear, which it sounds like she did, this these conditions are survivable in the first night. Um, so it is now October 22nd of 2022, or 2020, excuse me. It's a Thursday. This would be the date that she was reported missing. So several days go by, and the staff at the hotel realized that she had not returned to her room in three days. So this is when they alerted authorities and a missing persons report was filed. The Blaine County Sheriff's Department initiated the search uh, not too long after that report was filed. So now a little later on the same day, October 22nd, 2020, uh, fairly quickly into the search, uh, Fern's 2018 Subaru was located in the parking lot of the trailhead. So I don't know if Joe... I'll pull it back up. Yeah, maybe even... Um, so... This map doesn't show it that great. It's not. We'll have to go to Google or something. 
Yeah, Google shows the actual parking lot. That might... It's kind of glitched out there. Uh, yeah, I believe... I'll, I'll find it. You keep going, I'll find I it. I believe that is where she parked. Okay. That's where her car was found. Okay. Um, if that's the Prairie Creek Trailhead. Yep, this is. Okay. So, yeah, that's where her car was found. Um, so, she, she drove a 2018 Subaru. It was found right away. Law enforcement noted that based on all of her belongings being left behind in her vehicle, they believed she had originally set off intending to do only a day hike. Based on this, law enforcement said uh, she should have returned to her car by now. <clears throat> law enforcement decided to send search and rescue out on the trails to look for Fern. Uh, fearing that she had become lost or injured, they also set out to locate the other hikers who signed the guest book around the same time. So we'll get into that. There was a couple other people that signed the logbook right at the same time. So <clears throat> that day, search professionals from the Blaine County Sheriff's uh, search and rescue team joined a sheriff's office deputies in an extensive search for Fern. A group of 40 personnel scoured the Prairie Lakes, Minor Lakes, Norton Lakes, and Mill Lake region using three canine search teams, two drones, uh, several Idaho National Guard helicopters, and officers on foot and horseback. Um, and throughout the search, her family ins uh, insisted that uh, she was experienced and not a daredevil and that she stuck to uh, trails and made smart decisions. Um, you know, they said she would never venture off trail because she knew the dangers that that would bring. And um, so none of this made sense. So, yeah, um, it's now October 23rd, 2020, which is a Friday. So uh, weather conditions started going downhill quickly um, at this time. Um, about four inches of snow um, laid on the ground, and it got down to the 20s uh, for temperature. So now it's getting cold, and that's tough conditions to, to try and survive in. Yeah, when you Even don't if have you got any the right gear, gear or anything. Yeah, you don't have, yeah. So that would be tough. Um, <clears throat> this is a statement from Chief Deputy Will uh, Fraling. So he said... <clears throat> We have a helicopter searching as well that will insert the search teams up into the higher elevations, allowing search teams and canine teams to search downhill back towards the Prairie Creek Trailhead. So far, the operation is focused on the areas around Prairie Lakes, Minor Lakes, Norton Lakes, and Mill Lake using three canine search teams, multiple Idaho National Guard helicopters, two drones, and officers on foot, motorcycles, and horseback. We feel like we've hit the area pretty hard, he said. Um, and we haven't found any sign of her, but we're going to keep looking. We're not ready to give up. So the search would continue for several days, um, but on October 30th of 2020, which is Friday, the official search was called off uh, nine days after she was reported missing and 12 days after she was last seen. Um, and they, they cited uh, several different factors for calling off the search, um, weather conditions kept getting worse, which puts the searchers in danger and, uh, deteriorating conditions, uh, terrain conditions. So, and the fact that they hadn't found anything of her and they had no clues. This is one of those cases we've had a lot of these where some cases we have a very precise location of where someone was last seen. It'll yeah. be like, well, they were right behind me and then they were gone. Like that's a very precise location. Yeah. In others we have. Okay, we have a signature on a 
a trail log from three days ago. Like, all right, we've got a starting point. Like you start, you know, the center of your search radius is going to be that log book. But I mean, she could have gone anywhere. They don't know if she went to the lake. She might have hiked to the lake and then hiked somewhere else. So we'll get into theories. But um, so the decision to call off the search was made uh, after one last major, major search was made on the 30th. Blaine County Sheriff Search and Rescue airlifted seven canine teams into the search area, ranging from 7,100 to 9,200 feet, along with teams of ground searchers with, uh, they had no results. Um, they were, the, the same chief deputy was quoted, this is not the outcome that we were hoping for, but after 10 days of searching, we've exhausted our resources. Um, we will continue to investigate any leads we gather. Now, we have an email uh, to the Idaho Mountain Express from Chief Deputy of the Blaine County Sheriff's Office, um, kind of about the case and what he thinks happened. So he went on to say, as far as a working theory goes, I'm afraid we still have numerous possibilities of what happened to her. I still think at this point anything is possible, but I do think it is most likely that something happened to her in the Prairie Creek area. The most likely theory is that she became lost, perhaps left the trail, and had to spend the night. She may have taken shelter and passed away from exposure. There is nothing that points to foul play, but there is nothing that points to anything concrete either. So law enforcement is kind of, you know, they're stumped. They they have no leads to work on. Um, and in the, the coming days and months after Fern's search, her family actually offered a $25,000 reward for any information on her disappearance. Um Authorities also spent a year trying to locate those other hikers who signed the guest book uh, around the same time, and they finally did, however, uh, find these uh, other people. So around the same time, like I said, Fern signed that book, a family of five from Tulsa, Oklahoma, also signed the logbook and hiked either the West Fork drainage of Perry Creek uh, or to Prairie Lake. The sheriff's office was able to track the family down, but they did not see see here or provide any useful information. The sheriff's office also interviewed another couple from Boise, Idaho that signed the logbook that day. Uh, but the pair had also not seen the missing hiker. Um, so I just wanted, so here's the temperatures, uh, out in that area of the national forest during the time of her disappearance. So October 19th, the high was 63, the lowest 37, the 20th, the high was 61 with a low of 36 21st uh the high was 55 the low was 37 october 22nd the high was 43 low 27 october 23rd uh the high was 46 the low was 25 the 24th the high was 54 the low was 28 and on the 25th the high was 29 the low was 10 yeah that's, so you, that's cold so you could see if Something happened to her, and the the sad part about this is the three days that it was the warmest, they didn't know she was missing yet. It had, the police report hadn't been filed. Those are the most likely days that she would still have been alive uh, when it was you know in the 60s during the day and the upper 30s at night. That's warm enough that if you have some gear with you and you know what you're doing, you probably survive. Um. So before we, we end the, the timeline here, um, we're going to move forward to June 25th of 2021. 
So Blaine County Sheriff Sar uh, conducted a search along the Prairie Lakes Trail as part of a training operation. The team deliberately chose the waterfall's location about two miles up the trail to help search for evidence related to Fern. While search members found a cell phone that had been left in the area over the winter, detectives determined that it belonged to a local man who said he had lost it while hunting last fall. It's unknown if the hunter was in the area the week Fern went missing, uh, law enforcement said. So also, since October 19th of 2020, her, uh, there was no activity on her credit cards, bank accounts, or cell phone. Um, so this case is still open in Idaho. It's a cold case. They have absolutely no evidence. They've recovered nothing during the search, no leads. Um, it's, it's one of those cases where it's almost like she vanished into thin air. Um, this, this area is lightly trafficked, so it's, it's not unusual for, it's not uncommon for someone not to see other people. It is a little strange that several people signed in the same time and they didn't see her, but they, like the report said, they could have hiked in different directions than where Fern was going. So, so they found her car, this trailhead, and that's where, from what I'm seeing, I'm narrowing it down. There seems to be a lot less. Um, trails than I thought. So if you're coming here, her car's parked right here. You either go this way or go that way. Well, you could go south. You could go the other direction, the loop towards 75. So that's a trail, yeah, almost but, like a but, fire trail. But why would you go down the trail following along the road you drove? I'm trying to think if I'm doing a she, hike. Well, she didn't come in, I believe, from 75. I think she came in. There's another road. Regardless, though, if you're going in the mountains to hike, why would you hike to the freeway down the mountain versus... You can have this hike up to Prairie Lake and Minor Lake yeah. or go along this Prairie Creek, and she's signing into this trailhead saying to the lake and back. Yep. Uh, I would look at that and say it's this. This is because even here, I mean, there's tiny lakes up here, but if I'm going to go on a hike to see something, yeah. it's, this is where I'm going. Yeah, so I mean, and, like... And we, getting lost, I mean, it's possible, but... This is a big wedge. Yeah. I mean, I think, like we said, the trail conditions at the time, there was a rock slide recently that affected some of the trails. Um, it's very overgrown in spots. So I know it. Yeah, but you don't accidentally climb a mountain on either side. No. And that's kind of what I'm thinking of. The times I've been not lost, but kind of like, okay, I might be turn around. Let's look. If I'm ever in an area like this where there's very clear uh, visual vantage points. You kind of know that if you want to stay in that little valley, well, and if you got lost. It's a, it's a creek. Yeah. You, you follow the creek out. Yeah. Worst case scenario. Like, I'm not saying you go in it, but. And it's safe to assume that she probably was experienced enough to know to do that. Yeah. it's She seemed like she knew what she was doing. She's not a risk taker, so she's going to stay on the trail. And that's where even if the trail's mismarked, uh, you can you go downhill. The yeah. only place you go if you go downhill is back to your car. And, and honestly, on any of these mountain passes, if you even went up here and there's no trail, you simply go downhill and you end up at the parking lot. Now, the possibility is she, she didn't do the full loop. <laughs> she didn't do the full 10-mile loop. Um, she went in and came back down and then said, you know what, it's noon, 
I want to go hike the Prairie Creek Loop. Or I'm going to go hike the, what is it, the West Fork. Yeah. Um, so because we don't know where she went and it was, you know, three days before she was even reported missing, she could be in any of these locations. And I think it it's much more overgrown and dense and vast than this makes it seem. Um, yeah, I'm going to... Yeah, if you could go get some pictures from all Yeah, cuz and read like if you find the um if you can find the Prairie Creek Loop all trails and read the comments from people okay. about how terrible the conditions were. Um I just want to look at some of these pictures. Joe's got some this, pictures this of the, the I'm I'm just scanning the pictures of the loop that I was talking about. Yeah. Where it goes to Minor Lake and Prairie Lake. Now, in these pictures the trail looks pretty def- well defined. These, these are summer. Yep. So, to be fair, but she was hiking in 63-degree weather, so there probably no snow on the ground at that point. Yeah. All right, um, so yeah, there's, there's signs, okay. Yep. I mean, there's not Karens on the ground that are marking the trail, so yeah, there's a chance you get off, off track. Here's some snow shots. And when I'm is a, that last picture taken from? Amanita muscaria mushroom. <laughs> November. November 12, 2020. So not too long after she went missing. Yeah. See if you can find any pictures from when she went missing. Yeah. I wish it would show the dates right on that the be, image. Yeah. There we go. October That's we're getting closer. So there there is some ice on the the creek there. Oh, back to August. October thirtieth. So that was the day the search was called off. Weather looks pretty good in yeah, that photo. Yeah, it's not super snow. That's September. Um, the next day, October 31st. Yeah, I mean, the conditions look pretty decent. Now, obviously, we know anyone who's hiked in the mountains knows yeah, that it can change on a yeah, whim. I was going to say, there's ice here. So, I mean, it could have been snowy like crazy for a week prior to these And it, it probably, you know, if there's ice on the creek, it, it's cold out. Yeah. Um, okay, we're going to try the other Prairie Lake Loop. Prairie, yeah, Prairie Lake Loop. And read something, go through some of the comments just to get an understanding of, um, no, it's not this one. It's just called Prairie Creek Loop. Um, and I might have a, a link to it in the notes, but. So for those of you just listening, we're on all trails. Um, yeah, they need to sponsor us. <laughs> These are the only two that you had. Uh, here, let me find it. Um, but yeah, so far, I mean, it's not too, there's nothing that's like sticking out as super gnarly. Yeah. And that's where like, we've, we've had cases where you look at the pictures like, holy cow. All right. Prairie Creek. Is this it? Uh, yeah, that's it. So this is just going from the freeway. I don't think it's a freeway. I think it's yeah, just that's like, se- no, it's 75. No, it's not. It's not a highway. Okay, well, not a freeway. You it's, know what I mean? It's like a forest road. <laughs> well, they said West of 75. I thought they called it a freeway. So... Um, yeah, some of these people did not like the trail. Well, so oh, hold on. Let me look at the map because this is just include. This is like skipping or starting before you get to the, the end parking of, lot. The end of it is where the, the trailhead would be. So you're starting. This is different from what she did. So this is on 75. You start there. You go in all the way at the other end gets you to the Prairie Creek trailhead. Yeah. So, 
uh, in this this trail was very overgrown based on yeah if you zoom out a little you'll see oh zoom out um yeah like there's the parking lot where she would have parked where to the left of your mouse cursor oh right, right here yeah <clears throat> so that's where so she they found parked. her car there yep so it, but she went south on this map not south that would be uh west yeah west so we assume yeah she went she went she went these lakes yep it's southwest from the parking lot. Oh, she I either guess, went yeah. this way or this way. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. This loop would be terrible. I wouldn't do that. Well, and read some of the comments on it because they said, people said it, it's overgrown. You can't. Well, because, like, why would you do it? And it's actually, <laughs> a, it's really more of a fire trail. Well, well, Will Raff just says good. Good. <laughs> and gave it three stars. Oh, he did two of them. Prairie um, Creek, good route, sometimes soft in the middle of the trail. All trails fail. The route designated was not a trail at all. Trailblazers are way through the area. Great little hike. Very quiet. Not sure how to rate this trail because we didn't actually do it. And then they <laughs> gave it five stars. I feel like these are some of the people that rate our podcast terribly. Probably. <laughs> we ended up at the wrong trail. Didn't realize our mistake until we did. We were well into the hike, but then we did figure it out. Comments from the other hikers that the mileage was wrong made sense. Here's the thing. Prairie Creek Loop Trail is basically right on 75 and unmarked, as far as I can tell. Dirt road three miles. Yeah, so they... They, like, bushwhacked it. Yeah, they're, they're... They... Yeah. I would never do that loop. I would go park and do the good loop. Yeah. Okay. But, um... Yeah, it's very mixed. Will, yeah. Will Raff is there all the time. <laughs> But he always gives it three stars. Yeah, it's it's it, it's not improving for no. Will. Well, it's not getting any better. This one is puzzling to me um, for multiple reasons. One, the conditions when she started her hike were pretty good for hiking in October in the mountains. 63 out. Um, like Joe has been saying, if you've been watching this, watching the video of this, the whole hike to either of these lakes is kind of in little valleys along a creek. It would be, if you got lost, it wouldn't be very hard to find your way back to the, your car because you would either follow the, like you just look up and see the mountains to each, either side of you or you follow the creek back. And even if you're doing this one, yeah, this loop, it's all downhill to the road. Yeah. Like you... No matter where you go, if you go downhill, you're going to get to a road, whether it be this parking lot that her car was in or the inner, whatever you want to call it, not a highway, the main road, 75. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. I don't know. This is a wild one. This is really bizarre. It's why I said it's like she literally vanished off the face of the planet on this one because uh, and they brought in a ton of canine teams, so. The other thing that's interesting is there wasn't really any bad weather during, you know, from the day she started her hike to when they started bringing in canine teams, at least for that first day. And the, the canine teams didn't pick up any scent in yep, the area of her. That's wild. And now that's not entirely unusual, especially if uh, there's been a lot of weather. We've talked. See how it says Highway 75? Yeah, well, State Highway. Yeah, that's not a, freeway. Well, whatever. Um, tomato, 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 tomato. We've <laughs> talked to a lot of people that are on canine teams, and it, earlier, earlier in the show, 
like years ago, we thought uh, canine teams and cadaver dogs were like superheroes. Like if you put a cadaver dog out there, they're going to find it if it's there. And like, they're really good at finding cadavers, but it's really hard finding cadavers, especially out in the wilderness. There's yeah, so if, many things like that factor into yeah, like success. rain, set, you know, like wind direction. Yeah, because they're 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 sniffing for shedding skin. So if you have too much stuff that can wash it away over a certain amount of time, it's not good. If it's fresh, they're amazing. Yeah, like they can smell for miles apparently and follow things like and you hear those stories. Water. Yeah, you can hear those stories of. Um, well, they'll sniff down to like a specific house, or whatever, but it's all fresh. Yeah. So if they had like snowfall and all this stuff that could mask scent, uh, that's where they're going to run into issue. So my biggest <sighs> issue with this one is the length of time between when she started and when she was reported missing. I mean, the search and rescue—I'll give them credit—they got out there, like, like that, like soon yeah, as as soon as the report came in. As soon as the report came in, but. At that point, it had already been three days, and we already didn't have a very solid starting point of, other than the logbook, we don't know where she was. She didn't leave an itinerary with anybody. See, I, I, this is where I think she went on this one, or the one right up here. Yeah. To the lake and back. That's the only lake that really matters. So then what happened to her? <laughs> I, honestly, I'm at the point now where if they can't find her, she's not going up these side mountains. I'm like wondering, did she get abducted? Like, is it foul play? Because, yeah, it, so... Because her car's there. Her car's she signed there. the trail log. Um, her car's there. She signed the trail log, but... And she was not known for taking risks. So she... Exactly. Went, she wouldn't have been going, trying to go up these mountains. She didn't take technical risks, according to her family. Now, is that right or wrong? We don't know. But we got to take their word for it. Yeah, like, if she's going to get hurt on the trail, she's going to be on the trail. Yeah. So I the first thing I was thinking of, all right, she went off trail, got hurt, she maybe was alive out there for the first couple of days when it was the conditions were good, but then, and she was sixty three. Yeah, said? so she's she was, not she's not old and she's fit. She's doing yoga. Yeah, she's hiking her a lot. family said that she was a, a very you know fit person for in the early sixties. Yeah, it's not like she's elderly and like using a cane. It's not and like can hurt herself easily. Like it, she's it's not out of the realm of possibilities that someone her age could have had a medical emergency like a heart attack. But still, but she's they would have on, the, on trail. the trail, and that's where I'm saying, like, you're not. There's not a lot of opportunities to go off trail here significantly without work. Now and that's what I'm. That's kind of what I'm focusing on. Is like, where would you go off trail? Now, you, yeah, if she had a medical emergency and you know sadly passed away on the trail, there are some predators and scavengers that would potentially disturb a body. There's uh, brown black bears and there's wolves. But again, in in two days, I don't know. Searchers would have found evidence of that. Like, yeah, it's I, not I agree. Like it, and they would just, you know, eat the entire body, not to get graphic, and then you wouldn't find any evidence of it. There would it would be, you know, sometimes visible. It, it takes longer. I'm, I'm thinking about like when I go deer hunting and you you field dress a deer. Yeah, um, we'll leave the stuff in the woods, and we have bear up where we go hunting and other yep. scavengers. And sometimes that, that field dressing pile will be left for several days yeah. before it starts getting disturbed. And that's like scent and yep. easy meal. Um, yeah. I, I, now it, I, I'm like totally they, getting, they I, I'm a, leaning towards those like a uh, foul play of some sort. Well, yeah. And I, unfortunately like the police report basically said, we didn't see evidence of foul play, but we also didn't see evidence that there wasn't foul play. <laughs> so that says nothing. Yeah, it's basically we couldn't, we didn't find anything. 
and they searched their butts off out there looking for. They had helicopters. The last day of the search, they uh, airlifted in nine different canine units, uh, and they were starting at the higher elevations. They were coming down. Yeah. Um, <sighs> they're on horseback. They're it's her, on her comment has me locked in. I'm I'm putting the lake all back. Uh, all my ducks are in the Prairie Creek basket to up to either Minor Lake or Prairie Lake. So foul play, what you're thinking then is she did the hike to the lake. She came back to her car, and at that point, maybe. someone else was at the parking lot. Or maybe she was hiking and someone was on the trail and being friendly with her. Yeah. And like, and this is, okay, let's, let's get to, not necessarily off the deep end, but let's go like a Hollywood abduction story. Like she meets a dude on the trail who's nice hiking with her. They're talking and then he gets her to get in his car or something. And then he gets violent. Like, so it's not necessarily he had to fight for, I, I don't know. I'm just making this up, but I'm just trying to think of why there would be nothing. Cause yeah. it, uh, now I'm one, not saying search and rescue is easy, but like you said, based on what the family said, she's not a risk taker. Uh, she's a safe hiker. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. She's fit. Yes, accidents can happen totally, but there's not a lot of areas to go off trail here. Now, so why wouldn't they find her? The one thing I didn't see at all in the the records of the search were did they dive the lakes? Even uh, then, it's too cold. She's not going in the lake. No, but I mean, if it's sixty three degrees out during the day, like I've been hiking in the mountains where we've gone to like cool off. Yeah, and, but like we're not, not going like up to our necks swimming, but we'll like put our legs in. Yeah, that's see, I mean, those lakes got to be cold. Yeah, I yeah, I can't but, imagine going in more I mean, than the, just to get your like hands in there and splash. The only on other your face. thing I can think of is that she dr- maybe drowned. But you would think I I you would think they would send dive teams in to search the bottoms of those. Lakes. I don't know. I'd say that's I'd say that's a farther long shot than an abduction. Maybe that's my opinion. Yeah. I'm just trying to think any, any possibility. See, these are the weird ones. We get this one, strange. We get, like this one should be a simple one. Yeah. And it seems more compelling than some of the ones that are crazier. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't know. You guys have to tell us what you think. I, I'm stuck on. I think she went this way. I think. I'm Which just, lake is it that you think she went to? Well, um, it would be both of them. The minor loop lake go, or minor lake prairie, is here. Was the prairie other, lake prairie is right lake? here. Okay. And, and the trail goes up to here, loops around this point, hits that one, and then goes back. Yeah. So if she did the full loop. She was a uh, full loop. She would have seen both lakes. And it would take her about five hours. So if she started at like eight or nine in the morning, she'd be back early afternoon. Yeah. Sixty three degrees out. Weather's good. And the whole most of that time would have been going up to the first lake. Yeah. Because when you're going downhill in the mountains, it's like quicker 10x time like what takes you an hour can take you 20 minutes if you're going downhill yeah no this one this one is a real so puzzling puzzling. this is one you know i always say this so what's what's your final am i i'm locking i feel like there's like an abduction i i i'm stuck on that that's where my gut is telling me i some foul play maybe not abduction but some foul play i think that's i think i have one a one b theory one a would be foul play just because nothing makes sense one b is she she made this hike and got back early enough and decided to hike something else in the area yeah and to one of these other locations and something happened and um even though search and rescue searched a bunch of different lakes and areas here that it this is a vast remote 
area. But like, her but her car stayed there. Her car stayed there, but she hiked. So she would have done this one, this one, or this one. Yeah, I mean, the possibilities are she's somewhere in here, or like you said, she was abducted, and she's uh, no longer in the area. Um, Or maybe this is the one instance where she decided to go off trail. I mean. Yeah, I, I, yep, I guess that could happen. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she's experienced enough to maybe think she – Maybe what happened is she uncovered, encountered a piece of. <laughs> do we get some window looking? A little bit, a little bit of window. Um, maybe she uncovered the uh, encountered the section of the trail that was impassable due to the rock slide, and instead of turning back, she decided to try to go around it, and something happened. Yeah, maybe. But then if I can't if, see her doing it, if she was injured, she would be in that general location, which would be the rock wide slide. open. And you got to imagine they, they probably searched the rock slide area if that was in one of these trails. Well, and I'm assuming that's like an avalanche area. When I would try to do a mountain where there's an avalanche blocking, there's no trees because yeah, yeah avalanche. Out. Yeah, they're all take so it's a big wide open space. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm stumped. I'm stay. I'm sticking with my <laughs> theory. You all, please comment uh, what you think. Uh, but thanks again for tuning into our show. We appreciate you all for listening and sharing locations unknown with your friends and family. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, anywhere where you can find our name, like it, share it, spread the word. Uh, you can also watch the videos of each episode on YouTube. And if you'd like to support the show monetarily, please visit our website or Facebook store to buy some sweet, sweet swag. And you can subscribe to our patron account uh, on YouTube, on Apple, uh, and you can link your patron with Spotify now and actually yep. get the shows on Spotify as well. And when you're a patron subscriber, you get some awesome stuff in the mail uh, as a part of that subscription. Oh, and also on Patreon, we're going to now be able to offer single episodes for purchase. So if you don't want to you know, oh, make cool. a long-term commitment and just want to hear one or two different episodes, you can uh, make a single purchase for an episode. Ooh, and so I do new. have... One shout-out that I forgot to mention uh, that I'll probably do at the beginning of the next episode, too. Marsha Miller has been a very long-time fan Marcia of ours. Marsha Miller. Marsha Miller. Uh, she is a cheesehead who moved to Kentucky, and she listens to four episodes every time she drives home. She loves the show. <laughs> uh, she's an avid wanderer of the woods. She's a mushroom hunter and devoted listener. Uh, so, well, thank Marcia, you, Marcia. thank you. I'm going to do a shout-out at the beginning of the next one, too, because right. I keep promising I'm going to do that. But thank you, Marsha. Uh, you are awesome. And what did I miss here? I didn't miss anything. I just say, lastly, when enjoying the beauty of nature, whether backpacking, camping, or simply taking a walk, always remember to leave no trace. Thanks, and we will see you all next time. <laughs>